0: The Lord says to Nicodemus, if I have told you earthly things and you believe not, now what is he referring to when he says, if I've told you earthly things and you believe not? He had been giving them the Old Testament and New Testament teaching of the new birth. And he used an earthly illustration to speak of the new birth. He said, you must be born again. You must be born from above. Now, birth is something that everyone has some familiarity with. Um, We come into this world because we're born. We're conceived. We're born. And he is giving Nicodemus, this truth with regard to the new birth in an earthly illustration. Verse 9, Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou master of Israel? Knowest not these things? This is what the Old Testament has always taught. This thing of regeneration. This thing of the new birth. I'm going to give you, if you want to write these down, Of some Old Testament scriptures that certainly teach the new birth Deuteronomy 30, 1 through 6, Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34, if you want to go back and look at these, Jeremiah 32, 37 through 41, Ezekiel 11, 16 through 20, Ezekiel 36, 16 through 29, Ezekiel 37, 11 through 14, and 21 through 28. I mean, it's throughout the Old Testament, and I couldn't help but think of what David said when David said, Create in me. That's strong language. He doesn't say, Make my heart better or change my heart. He says, Create in me something that was not there before. A clean heart, O God. Now, the Lord says to Nicodemus, you ought to know these things. Being a master in Israel, verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know and testify what we've seen. And you receive not our witness. If I've told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things. Now, he's speaking to Nicodemus, and I think that there's some indication that perhaps Nicodemus ended up believing. The reason I believe that, I can't be certain of it because the Bible doesn't say he did, but he was there with Joseph of the of taking the Lord down from the cross when all the disciples were in hiding. But he was there. And it seems to me that he had some understanding of who Christ was at that time, at any rate. But at this time, right now, he does not believe. He does not believe. I've entitled this message, And You Believe Not. And let me give you four things by way of introduction with regard to unbelief. Number one, unbelief is a choice. If I have unbelief, it's because I myself personally choose to not believe. That's one of the reasons why unbelief is so evil. It's a choice a man makes. Now somebody says, can you show me that from the scripture? Well, turn with me to Acts chapter 28. Acts chapter 28. Now this is always the response to the gospel. Verse 24. After they heard Paul preach. And some believed the things which were spoken. And some believed not. Now when it says some believed the things that were spoken. The word believed is in the passive. You were acted on. That's why you believe. And if you have faith, you know that so, don't you? You know if you believe, it's because God himself acted upon you and caused you to believe. You wouldn't believe had he not acted upon you. But where it says they believe not, that is in the active. It's an active choice to not believe. So I can't. Say with regard to my unbelief, I can't try to comfort myself by saying, well, I can't help it. It's my nature. No, it's a, yeah, it is your nature, but it's a choice you make. If you believe, it's not because you choose to believe, you believe because it's the truth. That's not. It's not like you're given two options and you make a choice, but if you do not believe, it is your choice to not believe. Secondly, unbelief, and I hope I say this fearfully, I don't say this callously, unbelief is damning. The Lord said in Mark chapter 16, verse 16, he that believeth not shall be damned. That means sent to hell Eternally. And with God, the punishment always fits the crime. This is where someone who chooses to not believe God ought to be. He that believeth not shall be damned. Third thing I'd like to say about unbelief, and he says to Nicodemus, You do not believe. The third thing that I'd like to try to say about unbelief is you've never been convicted of sin until you've been convicted of this thing of unbelief. Do you remember when the Lord said, when he shall come, he shall convict the world of sin, of righteousness, of judgment, of sin? Why? Because they believe not on me. Let me tell you when you're convicted of your sin, when you find out you're unbelieving and you can't come up with faith. That's when you're truly convicted of your sinfulness, when you're convicted of this thing of unbelief. And fourthly, unbelief is God's judgment against someone that dies in unbelief. Let me read this scripture. This is Paul in Acts chapter 13. He's quoting from Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 5. After he finishes his message in Acts chapter 13, he says, Beware therefore lest that come upon you which was spoken of in the prophets. Behold ye despisers, wonder and perish for I work, a work in your days, a work which you shall in no wise believe. Though a man declare it unto you. Now that is God's judgment against somebody. A work that you won't believe even though it's declared very clearly to you. Now, what I want for us to do is to confine ourselves to the gospel of John. There are many other places we could look in the scripture, uh, but I want us to confine ourselves to the gospel of John to understand something about this thing of unbelief. He says to Nicodemus, I give you these earthly things, these earthly illustrations and you don't believe. How are you going to believe if I tell you of heavenly things? Now in this same chapter, verse 18, John chapter 3, verse 18, he that believeth on him, what are those next three words? Is not condemned. You're not condemned. You're justified. You stand before God without guilt. He that believeth on Him is not condemned. Isn't that wonderful? But he that believeth not is condemned already. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now, what could be more grievous, what could be more evil than to choose to not believe on the name of the only begotten Son of God? Now, his name is his attributes. It's to say, I don't believe he's God. I don't believe he's holy. I don't believe he's sovereign. I don't believe he's immutable. I don't believe he's independent. I don't believe on the name of the only begotten son of God. Now, somebody who refuses to believe on the name of him who is altogether lovely, what could be a greater sin than this. Nothing could be a greater sin than this. To not believe on the name, the attributes, the characteristics of the only begotten Son of God. This is the reason for condemnation. This is the reason for hell. Because men refuse willfully refuse, willfully reject, will not bow to, will not believe on the name of the only begotten Son of God. In John chapter 4, verse 48. Then said Jesus unto him, this is Jairus, who had uh, come to the Lord for his... um, not, I don't know if it was Jairus. No, it was a, a nobleman. Was a, we, we don't, we're not giving his name. He was a nobleman whose son was sick. And he, we read in verse 46, So Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then said Jesus unto him, Except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Now, the Lord overruled all of this, and he healed the son anyway, didn't he? And it's a beautiful picture of the gospel and him healing uh, this young man, but he did rebuke him. He said, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Now, what's the point behind that? Didn't the Lord say a wicked and an adulterous generation seeketh after a sign? What's so evil about that? If I come up to you and strike you and rob what you have and take it to myself and leave, and you come up to me and confront me with doing that. How would you respond if I said, give me a sign that proves you have the authority to do this? Well, that would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? It's obvious it was wrong. So when I'm wanting a sign, it's because I don't want to bow to the truth. That's the only reason somebody would want a sign. is because they don't want to bow to what God says in his word. Except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The need for a sign is simply a refusal to believe and looking for an excuse or justification in it. Look in John chapter 5, verse 37. And the Father Himself, which has sent me, hath borne witness of me. You have neither heard His voice at any time, nor seen His shape, and you have not His word abiding in you. For whom He has sent, Him you believe not. Why don't you believe? His word is not abiding in you. If his word was abiding in you, you know what you'd do? You'd believe. And he says to these people, you believe not. His word is not abiding in you. I think of that passage in John 8:37. 37. He said, I know that you're Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. Now think about that statement. My word hath no place in you. You don't have a heart to receive it. You don't have a heart that I've given. There is a place to receive my word. My word has no place in you. Stay in this same chapter, verse 42. The Lord says, but I know you. (laughs) Well, he does, doesn't he? He knows me altogether. He knows you altogether. And I look. Think of him saying to these people who did not believe. He says, I know you. That you have not the love of God in you. I'm come in my father's name and you receive me not. If another should come in his own name, him you'll receive. How can you believe? Which receive honor. One of another. And seek not that honor that cometh from God only you can't believe unless you seek that honor that comes from god only do not think that i will accuse you to the father there's one that accuses you moses in whom you trust for had you believed moses you would have believed me for he wrote of me, But if you believe not his writings, how shall you believe my words? Now, this is what everyone who believes has in common. They believe the Bible. They believe the words of Moses or the words of God. And they have some understanding that Moses wrote of me. Every verse is with regard to the Lord Jesus Christ, the salvation that's in him. Now, these fellows said, we believe, we believe Moses. The Lord said, if you did, you'd love me. If you did, you'd believe me. Moses wrote of me. And if you don't believe Moses' writings, which they didn't, although they made claim to do, he said, you cannot believe my words. All who believe, believe the scripture. Look at John chapter 6, verse 36. But I said unto you that you also have seen me and believe not. Now what's this all about? He looks at this group of people and he says, you've seen me and you do not believe. Now back, back up to verse 29. Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he hath sent. (laughs) They said, therefore, unto him, what sign showest thou then that we may see and believe? What dost thou work there? We have that desire for a sign. What it is, they rejected what he said. They couldn't handle this thing and they wanted a sign to prove. Then they say, Our fathers that eat man in the wilderness as it's written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. They didn't understand what he's talking about. They thought this was physical bread that they could eat and live forever. And Jesus said unto them, I'm the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never now, this is so important. What does it mean to come to Christ? It means to believe on him. That's what it means. It means to believe on him. Now, let's go on reading. But I said unto you, verse 36, you also have seen me and believe not. That's almost as if he's saying your unbelief is no discouragement to me. I do not need your affirmation. Your unbelief is no discouragement to me. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. They're all going to believe. And the fact that you do not believe, it is not, I, I don't need your amf- affirmation because I know who will believe. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me and him that cometh to me i will in no wise cast out if you come to christ don't worry about whether or not he died for you or whether you're elect or any that you're not going to be able to just figure that out and then come you come you will be received he promises well how do i come to him well he tells us He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. Now, basically, and the Lord can speak in a way that you and I can't speak. Uh, Or maybe we can't. He says, uh, you see me, you don't believe, the elect will. It is that simple. You see me. You don't believe. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. Him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Now look down toward the end of this chapter in verse 64. The Lord says to this group, the same people, but there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believe not and who should betray him. Nothing ever is is past him. He sees all. He knows all. He knew from the beginning who did not believe and who would betray him. Verse 65, and he said, therefore said I unto you that no man can come to me except it were given unto him of my father. Now you don't believe. You can't believe unless it's given to you. Of my father. From that time. Verse 66. Many of his disciples went back. And walked no more with him. We're not going to listen to this. Then said Jesus unto the twelve. Will you also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him. Lord to whom shall we go? You know you can't run off God's sheep. Can't do it. Can't do it. To whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Now they said we don't like these hard sayings. Peter says these are words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the son of the living God. Now look in John chapter 7, verse 5. For neither did his brethren believe in him. Now, these are the people that he grew up with. These were his brothers and sisters. They saw a perfectly holy life, and they didn't get it. They didn't know. They just saw him as this is, is not this the carpenter's son? Is not this Jesus? We know his mom, we know his dad. We're, we're, we've, we've watched him grow up. They didn't get it. What was going on here? Verse 1, chapter 7. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he would not walk in Jewry, because the Jews sought to kill him. Now the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. His brethren therefore said unto him, Depart hence, and go into Judea, that thy disciples also may see the works that thou doest. Get a following. Prove yourself. For there is no man that doeth anything in secret, and he himself seeketh to be known openly, If thou do these things, show thyself to the world. For neither did his brethren believe in him. Now they'd seen all these miracles. And here they are saying, if. If. Why did they say if? Because they didn't believe who he is. Even the miracle, you know, nobody ever believed because of a miracle. If I could do uh, miraculous things right now wouldn't cause anybody to believe no one's ever believed by simply seeing miracles these his brethren didn't believe him they said if if you're real get a following show yourself to the world now i think of the scripture with regard to his uh, family a prophet is not without honor save in his own country and his own house and they Could not see. Look in John chapter 8. Verse 24. I said therefore unto you. This is the Lord speaking. Let's back up in verse 23. And he said unto them you are from beneath. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am. You'll notice the he is in italics. He's speaking of the I am that's spoken from the bush that burned and could not be consumed. I am that I am. If you believe not that I am the one who spoke from the bush. If you believe not that I am the eternal I am. The eternal self-existent independent creator of the universe. If you believe not that I am you'll die in your sins. What a horrible thing to think. But if I don't believe that he is the great I am that I am, I will die in my sins. But you know what? I believe that he is the great I am that I am. I believe he's the creator. I believe he's the sovereign of the universe. I believe he's all powerful. All that God is is. He is because he is God. I believe he is. I am that I am. Stay in this chapter, verse 38. I speak that which I've seen with my father, and you do that which you've seen with your father. They answered and said, And him Abraham's our father. Jesus saith unto them, if you were Abraham's children, you'd do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I've heard of God. This did not Abraham. You do the deeds of your father. They said to him, we be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said unto them, if God were your father, you'd love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God, neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word, you are unable. You are of your father the devil. The lusts of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you convinces me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? Here's the answer. He that's of God, heareth God's. You, therefore, hear them not, because you are not of God. The reason you don't believe me is you're not of God. Now, somebody says, what's it mean to be of God? Well, here's the best way I know how to answer that. Of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom righteousness sanctification redemption to be of God is to be in Christ if you're in Christ you don't want to be anywhere else you simply want to be found in him uh If I'm of God, I will believe. If I'm not of God, I will not hear his words. Look in John chapter 10. Verse 22, and it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make Us to doubt. (laughs) Did the Lord ever make anybody to doubt? Oh no, never man spake like this, man. If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them. I told you, and you believe. Not. He told them as plain as it can be said. And they believed not. Remember that's a choice. I'm not going to believe that. I'm not going to believe that. Now let's go on reading. The works that I do in my father's name. They bear witness of me. There's no excuse for your unbelief. But. Now listen to these words. You believe not. Because. You're not. Of my Sheep. He does not say, You're not my sheep because you don't believe. He says, You believe not because you're not of my sheep. Well, who are the sheep? Well, he identified them in this chapter. Look in verse 15. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. The sheep. Uh, Look what he says in verse 26. or verse 25, I told you and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me, but you believe not because you're not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep, hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father, which gave them me, is greater than all. No man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again. The stone him. Why did these people not believe? He tells them, you believe not. Because you're not of my sheep. John chapter 12, verse 37. But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. In spite of everything they'd seen, yet they believed not on him. Here's why. That the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which, which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report? And to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they, what's it say? Could not believe. How come? Because that Isaiah said again he had blinded their eyes and hardened their heart. That they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart and be converted and I should heal them. These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and spake of him. Why could they not believe God? had hardened their heart so that they could not believe. Now here is a very humbling. I can believe. And I know why. It's because God put that in my heart to believe. And I I cannot not believe. I try to not believe on Christ. Christ. I say that to every believer. Try to not believe on Christ. Now, you're dogged with unbelief. I realize that, but you cannot not believe. You cannot not believe that he's the son of God. You cannot believe that he's an imposter. You cannot believe that he can be anything but successful in what he does. But these people could not believe. Now the final verse I want to look at is John chapter 20. Verse 24, but Thomas, one of the 12 called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. That first time he wasn't around. I don't know what he was doing. I don't know where he was, but for some reason he was not there. All the other disciples were there when the Lord appeared to them and made himself known to them. Thomas was not there. Verse 25, the other disciples therefore said unto him, We've seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hand the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Strong language, isn't it? And Thomas was a believer. We know that from his confession later on, but here he is, and this is a reminder to us that unbelief is a choice, and when you don't believe, if you're a believer, it's because you're choosing not to believe. You've got nobody to blame but yourself. That's what Thomas says, I will not believe. And after eight days, verse 26, again, as the disciples were within and Thomas with them. He was there this time. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut. I believe that uh, this is a reference to him walking through the door in his glorified body. Closed door can't keep him out. And my hard heart can't keep him out if he desires to come in. And he Comes through those shut doors. Aren't you thankful for that? He walks through closed doors. Open up the door of your heart. He'll knock it down if he intends to come in. He always does. And he stood in the midst and said, peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, But believing. Now you know when Thomas believed? When the Lord spake to him. Then saith he to Thomas When the Lord speaks to you, you'll believe. You see, there's such power in his voice. The hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God. And they that hear shall live. He spake to Thomas. And Thomas answered and said unto him, And there's no more noble confession than this. My Lord and my God. He believed, didn't he? When the Lord spoke to him, he believed. When the Lord speaks to me, I believe. And Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Nicodemus. I've told you earthly things and you believe not. How can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Well, I can tell you how I can believe. Lord speaks to him. Lord speaks to him. And I believe he did end up believing. Because like I said, uh, he was the one who, with Joseph of Arimathea at great cost to himself, took the Lord's body down from the cross, and he gave him a rich man's burial and put him in that tomb. Lord, I believe. Let's pray. Lord, by thy grace, we do believe your gospel. We do believe that your son is the eternal I am that I am. We do believe that he is your fellow, your equal, your son. We believe that when he said it is finished, our salvation is was finished and accomplished. Lord, we pray that we would, by your grace, be delivered from unbelief, the sin that does so easily beset us, and enable us to simply believe and trust thy Son. In his name we pray. Amen.